It's the last Mailbag Monday before the deadline. Let's talk some trades. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, July 31st, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. Welcome to Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. And we're going to begin right here with Ham Swaggerty69 says, I know the M's need bats, and that's obvious. However, do you believe they could make their strength, the rotation and bullpen, stronger if the bat market gets funky? Colby, what do you think? In theory, they could. In practice, I don't think it's a good idea because the pitching market is the the funky market right now. Everything is, you know, kind of out of control, and and you know, Texas is is paying significantly more than they should for for you know marginal pitching upgrades. And and you look at what St. Louis got for well, I mean, St. Look at what St. Louis got for Montgomery. Look at what uh, St. Louis got for Hicks. Like. The pitching market's the one that's insane right now. When you look at the few hitters that have been traded, the prices are totally reasonable. Um, Mm -hmm. So you could, in theory, you know, and and there is a a point where you say, well, you know, in theory, there could be a point where you say, well, let's just go, you know, improve our strength and shorten games as much as we can. Um, But I think you're going to pay more to do that than you're going to pay to just go out and get a couple of, league average bats or a league average bat and a platoon guy. Like I, I don't think that um, it makes a tremendous amount of sense from a just value standpoint to try and buy pitching in the middle of the year. It's incredibly expensive. So I, I think for me, um, I would rather just try and upgrade the offense. Um, you know, if, if you can go get a number five starter, fine. Like if you can go get a, a middle relief guy, fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, to say, you know, oh, well, we're just going to go get a Eduardo Rodriguez or whatever. No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. Paying those, Montgomery those, prices on, on Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, like, no. no. I wouldn't pay Montgomery prices on Montgomery. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's no. It, it, I think the best thing to do is still to focus on the offense. Um, and mm-hmm. you got to get something done uh, at that spot. Um you know, again, I'm, I'm sure the Mariners are sniffing around the, the number five market and, and some yeah. middle relief options. But no, I, I don't think that the, to make the moves that would truly strengthen your rotation significantly, you're going to have to give up like Gabriel Gonzalez or, or you know, maybe even Harry Ford right now. And that's just right. not something they should do. Not for a pitcher. Yeah. And the Mariners are so good on the top end of their rotation that they can afford to just get a number five who's just a number five because also that guy's not pitching in the postseason so if you make it there you just need some you just need a guy who can eat innings take the load off of brian Wu a little bit because they haven't been super committed to just outright shutting him down they haven't said like that's Mm -hmm. coming yet they've left the possibility of him finishing out the season and the rotation open so you know maybe that's not as much of a pressing need but also i don't want to rely solely on emerson hancock to make up those innings if Wu does have to be shut down or they do have to lighten his load a bit 
or, you know, Adam Aller or Logan Allen getting meaningful starts in yeah. August and September. I don't, I don't want to go through that. So they do need a number five starter. And I think there is a point where that doesn't get outrageous, even in this market. Right. Uh, but, you know, and reliever wise, look, if they trade Paul Seawald, we said this last night, they need to turn around and have another trade lined up for a high leverage reliever. Basically, they yeah. they essentially have to do what they did with the Kendall Graveman, Diego Castillo situation. Yep. But outside of that, I have no interest in paying these prices for for relievers, especially like above average relievers, because the only thing that I would really want right now, reliever wise, bullpen wise is a, is another high leverage reliever. But that's going to be too expensive, probably. So yeah, I'm I'm out on that unless they're able to find some creative way to to get a, an exciting arm. But I just don't foresee that happening. So it's number five guy for me, and then that's it on the pitching front, unless they trade Seawald. Yeah, you don't want to pay too much for mill guys because you have those in your organization that are probably as good as what you can get. And honestly, it sounds like what the Mariners is they need Marcos to be back and all, but. It's unfortunate. Next question here comes from Kyle. How many MLB level trades do you think the Mariners make before the deadline? All right. So it's time for some predictions here. Uh, You're going to go on the high end. You're going to go low. You're going to stay somewhere in the middle. What what are you thinking the the Mariners are going to end up doing here before uh, 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow? Nothing. You're you're already printing your fire Jerry shirts after last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, available at patreon.com slash control the zone. Um shirts not endorsed by Tiding Gonzalez. That's yet. only because Ty thinks that. Yeah. He yet. doesn't want to burn that bridge, but just wait till yet. Tuesday and see yet. what happens. <laughs> um so some, yeah, of, uh, some of you remember my reaction to what they did after the Castillo deal last deadline. And a lot of you dragged me for it. And you know what? I was right. I was right. Wow. What it's happened? Kind of a, um, not Mariners related. Well, kind of Aaron, Aaron Savali. Yeah. I, I saw Kyle that. Manzardo. Whoa. Yeah. See, yeah. see, yeah. I'm, I'm not too in. expensive. No. Aaron Savali is not even that good, man. For Kyle Manzardo. No. Yeah. Manzardo is a, a legit, I mean, he's a first base only prospect, but he's a legit hitter. But anyways, yeah. uh, not, not a raise podcast. Fun trade though. Fun trade. Yeah. Um, just think about if Savali is worth that, like, Gilbert's worth like eight times that. Um, anyways, uh, I forgot the question. Uh, two. I'll say two. Two. Yeah, I think two as well. And I don't think either one of those trades are going to involve Teoscar Hernandez, Ty France, or Paul Seawald. I really don't. I think that they're definitely entertaining those offers, but I don't think that Jerry DePoto is an idiot. And I think that and I and I want to believe him when he says that he does care about winning first and fo- foremost here, and they do have an opportunity here to make a run. So I, I think both of those. I, I'm going to say two as well, maybe three, but I, I think I'm I'm at two as well. And I think both of those trades they just bring in a couple of you know they might be marginal hitters, but guys that do raise the floor of of the offense a bit. Right. Uh, real fast. Uh, something that may be on the table now that the Guardians have acquired Manzardo, Josh mm-hmm. Bell, Josh Naylor. Something about two other first base only types. Yeah. Uh, all right. Nathan here wants to know, great Sunday, uh, Sunday show. Uh, I agree completely. Since Gritchick was traded last night after the show, what other options do they have besides Canna? Do the Mariners have? 
besides Canna. It's feeling like the options are running thin the longer uh, Jerry Depoto holds Pat. I mean, there haven't really been any options that have gone off the board, though, so Two. far. Gritchick, really just one. Crone. I didn't really consider Crone, personally, no. so Mike it's Forst really better. just one. Is is it's just one for me. Santana, like eh, maybe, but like, I didn't. I I wasn't yeah. thinking that the Mariners were going to go after Kike Hernandez. I didn't think that no. they were going to go after Ahmed Rosario. So mm. you oh, did, maybe. but you you love Ahmed Rosario for inexplicable reasons. Um, I have watched Colton Wong play second base for a hundred games. True. That's yeah, the yeah. reason. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, about. Yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I got I got sidetracked. Uh, Where are oh, the other options, options be- out there? Options besides Canna, um, Paul DeYoung. Um, if you're talking about outfield, Tommy Pham. Um, there's still there's still guys out there. I mean, there's Max Seth Brown, Kepler. Max Kepler, sure, <laughs> sure, Max Kepler. Uh, there's obviously the report about Alex Verdugo. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, there's some stuff in his history that's that's come to light that maybe you shouldn't want Alex Verdugo on your team, but that's a another story. Um, yeah, um, yeah. There's there's guys. Adam Duvall. Yeah, like you said, that's a that's another good one. Mm-hmm. There there's definitely like names that make sense. Now, how many of these guys are actually going to get traded? Who knows? Josh Bell, Josh Bell, Josh Naylor, yeah, mm-hmm. Jammer Candelario, Lane Thomas. Probably not, but yeah. apparently the. Uh... The, the Nationals were asking for uh, Bobby Miller for Jumir Candelario. So I'm going to say that's probably not a real option at this stage. No. Um, then, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Victor Robles. Uh, sure. It'll be uh, Joey Manessis. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's guys. There's guys. Um, Tim Anderson. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe Gavin Sheets or Jake Berger. Like there's guys mm-hmm. uh, just they're not exciting, you know, and, and, and that's fine. The Mariners don't need to make the Luis Castillo splash. So yeah, yeah there, there's guys. Um, and a lot of guys that we don't even know are available. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know, maybe Alec Baum is one. So this is just not the year that the Mariners or really any team are going to be able to go out there and get like an all-star caliber bat. Maybe someone does that we're not thinking of. I don't think the Mariners are going to be the team that does it, but there just isn't like an obvious answer on that front so you know my and this i'm playing a losing game by saying this but my advice to mariners fans is to go into today and and tomorrow with a fairly empty and open mind about what the mariners can bring in and if they do bring in some players might not be someone that you necessarily recognize but that doesn't make it inherently bad so something to keep in mind there just saying uh, but yeah, there's there's plenty of options outside of Canna, you know, that we can think of. And maybe there's some options that we're not even considering that are actually possible. So you never know around the trade deadline and you never know with Jerry DePoto. All right. We got more questions to answer here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. 
There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-D-O-N. That's Locked On. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, you can catch the Mariners and the Red Sox tonight on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Last game for the Mariners before the trade deadline. And uh, we got some listeners that are going to be going to all these games thanks to our giveaway that we hosted a couple weeks ago. So hope uh, everyone that won tickets uh, has a good time tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. All right, let's get back into these questions here on Mailbag Monday. Matthew wants to know, with the Mariners using two catchers in the lineup recently, do you see them wanting a third catcher on the roster? If so, could Yasmani Grandal be a name? Switch hitter can play first base, 94 WRC Plus this year, took on the $6 million owed might lower the cost on Tim Anderson if interested in him in him also. All right, that's a lot to unpack, Colby, but uh thoughts on Matthew's question. Yeah. Um I don't think you need to carry a third catcher to use both guys in the lineup at the same it's time. It's kind of an overrated thing, right? It is because, you know, worst case is you have to survive one game where you lose your DH. Um, you know, if, if the starting catcher gets hurt and Murphy's in the, on, you know, in the lineup as the DH, well, he just becomes the catcher and then the DH spot becomes the pitcher spot. And yeah, that sucks. Uh, obviously your pitcher is probably gonna have to hit once or twice, but sorry, that's, you know, that's the risk and, and off and how, honestly, how many times have you seen that? I don't think I've ever seen it. So yeah. in you know, in that situation, fine, you have to wear it for one game. Uh, but then you just call up. Brian O'Keefe and, and, you know, whoever the new catcher is gets a majority of the playtime. So um, I think if you're going to do that, you have to believe in the bat and Grandall, you know, 94 WRC plus. That's not great. You're, you're probably getting more value from Mike Ford for the rest of the year than you are Grandall. So um, if you think Grandall can hit, if, if you see something, um, then possibly. Uh, but I don't think that the Mariners are too keen on, on giving, you know, $6 million that you owe Grandall. And then I think, uh, we're still looking at about 4 million or so for, for Anderson. I don't mm. think they're too keen on giving $10 million to two below average players, uh, which is what right. they both are right now. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, interesting idea. Grandall is, is the guy who, you know, again, has hit in the past, does do a lot of the CTZ things, but right now is just kind of a shell of his former self. He's not that good of a catcher anymore either. No. Um, so I, I'd say probably pass, but you know, it's not the worst idea. Yeah. On the third catcher front as well. Like, all right. If you do lose Raleigh or, or Murphy, both of those guys, in my opinion, could start for a lot of teams in major league baseball right now. And when I'm saying that I'm mostly referring to, to Murphy because there's some that still believe he's just strictly a backup catcher. He's not playing like a backup catcher this year. Dude has is bringing an insane amount of value to the Mariners this year. Um, but if you were to lose one of those guys, I mean, you would have a pretty normal catching situation compared to the rest of the league still, even with, you know, Brian O'Keefe getting called up or, or what have you. I think as Mariners fans, we've been, we've been spoiled a little bit by great catching situations. And this goes back to even a few years ago when they had Narvaez and Murphy and, and Nola 
all on the same roster together. Obviously not the greatest defensive catching situation, but guys that produce offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like it wouldn't be a death knell to the Mariners. It would certainly hurt a lot because especially like if they were to lose Murphy, because he's for the last week, <laughs> maybe last two weeks has been one of their three best hitters. So yeah. Um, but I don't think that they, they need a, a third catcher. And I definitely don't think that they need to um, aim as high as like Yasmani Grendel for that, which isn't really like aiming high necessarily because he's fallen off. But still, I, I don't think that you really need to go get the the name there. I don't just don't think that he's a great fit. And I don't know what it would particularly cost, but I just don't really have much interest in, in going down that avenue personally. Yeah. Um, interested in Tim Anderson, though. He's hitting a lot better lately. So. And he's starting to hit for a little bit more pop. He finally got his first home run a few days ago. But yeah. I think he's running a sub 350 slugging percentage in the second half. But yeah, you know. Oh, is he really? Like his batting oh. average is really good. But like yeah. I think I think the home run is his only extra base hit. Oh, I thought I saw something that he was like hitting like four something. Maybe he is. I, I don't know. But okay. maybe uh, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. All right. Uh moving on here. We got a question from Rational underscore franchise. Why is Mark Cannon an upgrade over Teoscar's bat? You do know he's batting 245 with six home runs, right? I know Teoscar strikes out a lot, but dot 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 question mark. It's not very rational of you, rational franchise. Uh <laughs> Canna walks more. He strikes out less. Mm-hmm. He has a higher WRC plus this year. I think he's worth about the same F4. Look, I'm not saying he's a great bat, but he helps. And also, I don't think we were ever trying to make the argument that he's better than Day Oscar. Like, add both. Have both on your team. Do mm-hmm. that. Uh, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, but Canna uh, right now, like, in terms of just like, like, you don't need home runs right now. You got guys that can hit home runs. You don't need home runs. Like you need guys that move the line and come up with a you know clutch hit when you need it. You know, like when you have ru- a runner on third and less than two outs in Arizona, the ninth inning after getting an insane triple from Cade Marlowe. Like, right? Yeah, instead yeah. of Jose Caballero taking that bat, maybe you have like Marcana on your bench, yeah. bringing in that situation. Just saying. Right? Uh, Canna. He's, is he really better uh, than Teoscar Hernandez? Uh, by WRC plus, about thirteen to fifteen percent better. So, yeah, it's pretty significant. Sure. Um, but again, like Ty said, why is it one or the other? Like, yeah, Canna would primarily play, you know, left field and DH for you, and then he'd occasionally play right to get Teo a DH day and all that stuff. So it's not one or the other; it's both. But mm-hmm. if you want to know, is Mark Canna a better player than Teoscar Hernandez? I would say only statistically. Yeah. So isn't that the only thing that matters? Yeah. Again, I don't Get care about better. runs. This year, Marcana, like historically speaking, yeah, Teo has been the better bat than, than Marcana, but Marcana's the better bat this year. Yeah, we're 103 games in. Yeah. Oh, so. Like like has been better this year. I don't want to tell you. So is Max Kepler. But yeah, Canna. Uh <laughs> Canna is, uh, he's just a better player than Teoscar right now. He does more for you. There's more ways he can help. And Teoscar, of course, is on an epic uh, slump. Aside from the the two games in, against Toronto, he's been pretty bad. Also, uh, Canna can play third. Canna uh, can play first base. He can play a little, a little bit, bit of third. You know, like. Yeah, you can stand over there. He can stand there. He's not. If you need him, if you need him like, to play it for a day. Same, yeah. for, same for center field. Like, <laughs> you don't want to, but like. Oh. 
<laughs> who's the backup center fielder if Julio needs a day off right now? I guess it's probably Taylor. Yeah, or Cade. Yeah, one of those two. It's probably Taylor. It's probably Taylor. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, I the Cade Marlowe's had a very impressive start to his major league mm-hmm. career. But that one route that he took on that ball in Minnesota was yucky. He's, yucky. he's a good athlete. He can make up for it. But good athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I th- I think he's a better fielder than maybe we've seen so far. But sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, Marlowe looks every bit of a fourth outfielder right now. Like but please it's let also, him be our Jake Myers of Chaz McCormick, yeah, please. But like, please. We, just need, like, we just need one of those. <laughs> sure, but it's only been like 20 plate appearances too. So like, yeah. but I mean, he's clearly leapfrog Taylor Trammell uh, in the pecking yeah. order. Uh, yeah, like so. if they did add an outfielder and you needed to send someone down, it's Taylor like, oh, yeah. without question. Oh, yeah. yeah, without hesitation. And I think the Mariners recognize that as well. I think that's evidenced by, you know, how they're setting their lineups every time there's a righty on the mound right now, the last few days. Hasn't been Taylor except for like one day on that front. So, yeah. All right. Next question here comes from Dakota. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, What is a name that is not being talked about that could be a target for Jerry and Justin? Um, So this is kind of a similar question to one we got earlier on the show. But um, I was trying to kind of think outside the box today, right? Because, you know, last year, none of us thought about Jake Lamb or Matthew Boyd or Kurt Casale or whatever. Yeah. And, and again, I dragged the Mariners for making those trades at the time and surprise, surprise didn't work out. So I'm not saying this would be good if they did this, but I was trying to look at some guys that have been like pretty good recently. So I went on fan graphs. I, um, set the date from June 1st to now, which is essentially two months because we're at the end of July now. So two months, who are the league leaders in WRC plus? And it's mostly, you know, it's most of everyone that you would expect, right? Is you it know? Shohei Otani? Yeah. Yeah. It's Shohei Otani. What? It's Corey Seager. Yeah. yeah. What? It's Julio. The, the Mariners are going to trade for Julio. Uh, no. <laughs> so I didn't find a lot of names, but I found a couple that might be of interest um, to the Mariners. Uh, Jace Peterson and Andy Abanez. Andy Abanez, 30 years old, a right-handed hitter for the Tigers, uh, has played some third, some second, some first, uh, and he's hitting for a 119 WRC plus right now, and I think he's still pre-ARB, technically. So you would have him under club control if, he, if he's someone that you want to keep around, but that's not really what I'm thinking about here. I'm thinking about 2023, and really, when we're talking about second base, Colby and I have gone over this more so on our Patreon show. Second base is a barren wasteland in terms of the guys that could actually realistically move this deadline. So while it's it's definitely a low bar to clear with, with Colton Wong, it's not as easy as just trade for X. Because other teams are also looking to trade for X, right? So the best route here for the Mariners in terms of second base or just middle infield in general, so just get another option in there. Take a flyer on someone. So that's kind of the idea here with uh, with Abanez and also Jace Peterson, who's under club control through 2024. He signed a two-year deal with the A's. And friend of the show, Jason Churchill, has said that the, the Mariners have talked to the A's. So maybe that's a thing. Um, maybe that's someone that the Mariners have actually talked to the A's about. Uh, he also can play some second, some third. He's a left-handed bat. Uh, he has a 107 WRC plus uh, over the last two months. Uh, 
he's mostly a platoon bat, just, you know, hits righties, uh, not particularly good against lefties. He's 33 years old. I know that's not exciting. And that might not necessarily be an upgrade, but I do wonder if maybe those are a couple of guys that the Mariners are are looking at as well. Because again, you, you got to, like we talk about getting creative and, and I think like a lot of people just automatically think that it means like, oh, three team deals and, you know, uh, buying someone from a team that you wouldn't expect to sell. It's not necessarily just that. It's also like looking at trends, looking at, you know, guys that have gotten hot recently and trying to buy in on that. Um, you know, guys that are not like if you look at either one of these guys on fan graphs, if you look at Obanias, if you look at Peterson, they're not going to excite you at all. They've been below average hitters for the overall year. But again, looking at the last few months, there's been some promising signs out of out of those two guys. So, again, maybe those are fits. Those are the only two guys that I could really think of that are under the radar. Um, do you have anyone? Else. Yeah, I went a I went a different way with under the radar. Um, sure, these are players you've definitely heard of, but I don't think we've talked about a lot as you okay. know, being potential trade. Uh, one of them is somewhat, you know, ironically, uh, Josh Bell, who right. had been only okay this year. Um, you know, got off to a really slow start, and he has due quite a bit of money, and he does have a player option. So mm-hmm. there's some concern there, but a lot of the the hard hit data that the Mariners love to use, Bell is is at the top he he hits the ball very hard he's a switch hitter too which is helpful uh first base dh only so that's again not ideal but you kind of can't be picky at this point you just got to get the bat so uh bell's a guy who now makes even more sense uh brent rooker is the guy i was thinking about last night mm-hmm. yeah. um 28 so the club control thing is a little bit you're, he's not he's not 24 right? He's not 24 with five years of club control left. He's 28. He's having a bit of a breakout year, but he strikes out a lot. He can't play defense really at all. Again, another first base DH type who can, you know, fake it in the outfield. Fine. But, you know, right-handed bat, not a great fit in terms of the, the CTZ stuff, but he does also hit the ball very hard, which is something we know the Mariners value uh, quite a bit. And then uh, one other guy who just got back and I barely put him on this list because unfortunately he plays for the Rockies but like might as well see what Brendan Rogers cost you because I think that's a guy who makes some sense. He is a long-term second base uh, fit um, and it's, it's going to cost you quite a bit. Like there's no doubt about that, but I think Rogers is a pretty good player. And, and I think he's a guy that Seattle would in theory have interest in. It's just, you know, what are the Rockies going to do because right. they are impossible to figure out. Another guy I'll throw out here. And I don't think this is going to happen. I'll just say that first and foremost here. But another guy that I was I was kind of thinking about today is Nick Madrigal, and obviously the yeah. the Cubs are in a place where they're they're going for it. They've told teams they're not trading Bellinger, they're you know not trading Stroman. Potentially, we'll yeah, Madrigal is a little bit different. Um, you know, he's still not hitting for any power, but and he's been hurt twice now, especially over the last two months. Uh, he's been hurt for a majority of that, but uh, last like eighty plate appearances for him, he's he has a one thirty nine WRC plus gets on base he doesn't strike out he doesn't really walk either but he makes a lot of contact um and that is pretty much what he was projected to be at the big league level too coming out of college so um yeah if you can get him back you know playing his natural position at second base and uh you know maybe there's maybe there's something there to unlock but again i don't i don't think that's uh that's going to happen but just another name to to consider there all right Last question of the day comes from Jace. What win total do you think is needed to grab the number three wild card? 
87. Yeah. Yeah. I think less than 90. So the Mariners have to win, uh, what, 33 games the rest of the way? 32 games the rest of the way? What are they at? Uh, let's see. What is their record now? 54 and 51, I think. Oh, it's 54 and 51. Uh, for some reason, I thought they were 55 and 52. So yeah, um, so 34 games, 33 games, give or take. Yeah, 54 and 40 or 54 and 51. So yeah, uh, yeah, they would have to win probably I would say 34 games uh, yeah. to have a, a a good shot of uh, winning that wild card spot. Um, so yeah. let me ask you this: what do you what do you think it would take to win the division? 92 90 somewhere in that range yeah because again like the like i i think if any team is going to run away with the with the west it's actually going to be the astros it's not going to be the rangers mm-hmm. because the rangers now for two months have been mid they're yep. i think a game under 500 over the last two months i think they're like 24 and 25 or something like that so I don't really see that changing, especially with them losing Avaldi. Yeah, they added Scherzer. Yeah, they added Montgomery. But again, these are like number four starters at this point, especially Scherzer. So I don't think that moves the needle a ton. Nothing that the Rangers did over the last few days should scare you as a Mariners fan. and should scare the Mariners away from legitimately thinking that they can make a run at the division. Yes, it's unlikely. Whatever. But sure. five and a half games, especially when you have quite a few games left against those guys right mm-hmm. at the end of the year that like you have a shot you have a real shot to go after it so yeah um i just save it for tomorrow i'm just i'm gonna be so mad if they just sit on their hands and do nothing save it for tomorrow save it for tomorrow just because again you know today today i think you know we haven't seen a lot of action in general today savali the savali deal is it I think today is really like where teams are making their final decisions on what they want to do, right? Some teams are still trying to pick a lane, essentially. Not the Mariners. Shouldn't be the Mariners, at least. But there are some dumber teams out there that are probably doing that. Uh, Teams are still assessing what the markets are for their players, you know, sellers. And they're weighing offers. They're talking internally. They're doing all this stuff. Today is just kind of the... It's the calm before the storm. And I think the storm is going to start back up here in three-ish hours, four-ish hours. I think we'll start to see, we'll see some deals uh, come through. Uh, but uh, the the deadline, if I'm not mistaken, the deadline has typically been around like 4 p.m. Eastern most years. This mm-hmm. year, it's 6 p.m. So I wonder what those extra two hours maybe does for teams. It's just... But- it's just so that the Mariners can finish the Brendan Rogers trade. Right. Right. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Or the Josh Bell or Jose Ramirez. What? Who said that? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Reynolds. Watch that, watch that be what it is, right? We're sitting here like Jerry should be fired. He wasted three straight, you know, player acquisition periods and at like six fifteen Eastern time, be like, whoa, we have a buzzer beater and the Mariners have acquired Jose Ramirez. Like, God, build a statue, my man. Build a statue. Like, All right. I, I, I don't want to get into a whole debate here. Right. Oh We're at boy. the end of the show. Oh I, I do take a little bit of issue Taking with you risk. saying that that he wasted two player acquisition periods. And I dragged them for the deadline last year after the Castillo deal. But because they did add Castillo, I can't say that they necessarily okay. wasted. Waste. They didn't go far enough. Sure. Sure. That's 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 good. 
that's good. which is wasting it but sure yeah <laughs> they didn't go far enough uh right can we agree though that if they don't do anything like in either direction oh, yeah. in the next 24 hours that's a waste oh yeah and even if they sell to me i'm it's pretty pissed off about that yeah i'm pretty pissed off about that because like i mean again look, I, like I'll, I'll make this deal with you guys right now who's if they do sell we mm-hmm. will break the trades down like yep, fairly yep. and we will give you like our opinions on the players and all that stuff. But understand we hate them. We hate the trades. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a 95% chance if they sell, we hate that yeah. trade. And we, I mean, we will give you our get, honest like, some opinion rid- on the player. Unless they get some ridiculous unhinged returns. If they get, if they get Manzardo for Seawall, <laughs> then yeah, fine, whatever. But like, come on, come on. Yeah. Like let's not yeah. let's not pretend, let's not kid people here. So no, because because this team right now there's a lot of good things going its way right now, especially over this you know little run that they've been on. But just overall this year, right? And the the two teams ahead of them in the West are, are vulnerable right now, and the teams in front of them in the wild card. Even though there's a lot of them, even though there's a lot of teams just kind of around them in the wild card as well, they're all vulnerable too. They all play each other a lot and they over the next two months. They all play each so. other a lot. You're going to play a lot of them as well. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. The, it's a big week for the Mariners. They got seven games are, against the the Red Sox and the and the Angels. So they can make up a lot I'll, of ground, do a lot of damage. Yeah, I'll I'll say this: if you don't do anything tomorrow that makes this team better, it doesn't have to make them you know significantly better you just need to get better in some form or fashion right if the market is too crazy but you have to you have to add something you have to get better to a certain degree if If you you don't do that if you don't do that you have failed this team and you have failed this fan base if you think your roster is a b minus right now if in roughly 24 hours it's not a b tomorrow at least yeah then you failed f you took the l and the fan base has every right to be extremely mad at you. This clubhouse has every right to be extremely mad at you. And if they don't, we'll see how the clubhouse reacts because it's going to be pretty easy for them if they don't and, add or if they just sell to just be like, well, we're out. Like we're done, clearly. Yeah. And, and let's and let's make it clear. If they don't do anything, again, this is a complete hypothetical because and, and really no one's done much outside of the Rangers, really, and the Dodgers mm-hmm. over the last few days. But if they don't end up doing anything tomorrow or by tomorrow, by the deadline, by 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, then that's a Jerry problem. Yep. That's a Justin Hollander and Jerry DePoto problem. That's not an ownership problem. And you can bet your bottom dollar we're we're going to help hold them accountable on this very show. So the next time we record could be very interesting. We're either talking about player so acquisitions, one of two ways, or <laughs> or we are mercilessly dragging Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander. So I hope it's not the latter. Because I've defended Jerry to the ends of the earth. <laughs> but you might hear me say some things you might have thought were never possible for me to say about uh, a certain president of baseball operations <laughs> of the Seattle Mariners. But uh, we're going to hold we're going to hold on that. We're going to hold on to that for now. And we're going to wait and see. It's going to be an interesting. We're at 26 hours now away. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, for now, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ted Gonzalez. 
sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez at C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day. We'll see you next time. Peace.